Welcome to another episode of the Strive for 25 podcast, where our team is helping people build their financial freedom. And one of the things we talk a lot about is saving and investing 25% of one's income. And I'm your host, Joel Farrell. And each week we dig into the ways that people are generating more income to be able to save more money and the ways that they are investing that hard-earned dollar. And lastly, the how, how people are making these changes. Because again, we're talking about changes. We're talking about changing behaviors. Let's get into today's content so we can help you on your financial journey towards living a life with the power of choice. Welcome to another episode of the Strive for 25 podcast. And I've got an amazing guest on today, another podcast host, Kevin Palmieri, and he's host of the Next Level University podcast and amongst among other things with the platform. But Kevin, uh, please introduce yourself uh, to our listeners today. Yeah. So I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, my friend. I'm Kevin Palmieri. I am the host and the founder of Next Level University, a global top 100 show. We do seven episodes a week. And that really is a, a large piece of our brand is if we can add more value than anybody else, uh, you know, we're winning. So that is our our ultimate goal is to bring holistic self-improvement to the masses. And I think the best way to do that is consistency and showing up in your pocket every single day for free. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you guys have a, a lot that you guys offer from um, a platform standpoint where you got the yeah. podcast, you've got the social media stuff, you've got one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching. Um, just kind of give an overarching explanation of well, what all you have going on and also how long have you been doing it? Yeah. So I started the podcast by myself in 2017. So I've been a podcaster now for six years, full-time podcasting for five years. And what happened was every time we solved the unique problem for ourselves in the journey, we said, all right, we solved the problem. We created a system. Now we know how to replicate it. How do we help other people with the same thing? So the first thing we did was we created a branch that is podcast solutions. So we help busy people who don't have time to do all of the stuff that they need to do for their podcast. So boom, we did that. Awesome. Then eventually it was like, well, we struggle with posting on social media. We're probably going to need help at some point. Why don't we just create the system? Okay, cool. Now we can do that for other people. So at this point, we have one-on-one -on -one coaching, group coaching, retreats, live events, uh, a website division, a social media division, a podcast division, and then high-level business coaching and high-level podcast coaching as well. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes that allows us to do the amount of content we do. But yeah, that's that's currently where we're at. So for you personally and the mm -hmm. business, where, where can people find you on social media? Let's just say Instagram, for example. Yeah, so we this is an interesting pivot. We don't have any business social media, really. We're very much a personal brand with with two leaders. So I'm never quit kid at never quit kid on Instagram. If you search next level university, there'll, there will be a Facebook page, but it's pretty new. And we don't put a lot into it because for us, it's, it's more about the relationships behind the scenes. And that was, um, what was the, uh, the handle again for Instagram? Uh, never quit kid at never, never quit. Kid. Never quit. Okay, cool. So you got a lot going on, a lot of people that you're impacting in different ways. Uh, um, right now, what would you say is the biggest problem that you're helping people solve right now? What's the most common problem that you're helping people solve in this environment? Yeah, I would say across the board, it's it's the inner stuff. It's like it's the 
I think a lot of us think we don't have the tactics or the strategies for success. When in reality, I think a lot of us just don't have the awareness to why we're not successful. And I don't mean from a strategy tactic standpoint, I mean, what are the pieces of our identity that are actually stopping us from becoming successful? And those are usually the past things. It's the stuff that we dealt with when we were younger. It's the the limiting beliefs that we've built over however many years we've been around. So we're very much a an identity shifting brand. That's really what we're trying to do. And transparently, that's why it's so hard to do what we do because not everybody wants their identity shifted. Not everybody identifies as I'm not accomplishing what I want. So it's that, it's that inner stuff that just takes a long time to work through. And it's a, it's a hard process. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you hear, you know, inner stuff or mental stuff, like it can kind of become this, you know, intangible gray area, um, type of thing. Yeah. So when you have somebody coming to you and saying, Hey, I need you, you and your team to help me out. What does that conversation look like? What, what is, what is the the realization example or an example of someone coming and say, you know what, this is what's going on in my life. What does that look like or someone realizing what, or realizing what type of thing inside that's getting them to to come to you guys? uh, Yeah. If the podcast is doing the job, it should it helps people self-identify as I am the type of person, firstly, who listens to a show like this. And secondly, I am the type of person who would find value in going deeper into the business. Because this is the interesting thing about our business model. You're not really supposed to reach out for coaching just directly from the podcast, right? That's, that's not the way it's set up. It's set up where you'll say, you know what? I like this podcast. I want to be part of a group because I'm looking for community. So it's really that. I think the ultimate thing is I have gone through many pieces of this business. I know these people. I like these people. I trust these people. And most importantly, I feel safe with these people. I'd like to know what it would be like to get on the phone with them. That really is one of the big things for us. Because the interesting thing is our demographic is primarily dream chasers, but of the female demographic. So as two masculine gym rats, I have tattoos, I love mixed martial arts and fighting. It's very important for me to be an inclusive human being where people can feel safe around me. That's one of the biggest things that we're focused on. And that's one of the biggest pieces of our brand as well. So kind of, you know, weaving this back into the purpose of, of my platform, which, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we are focused on really finances, right? You know, but finances are a byproduct of all the things that you're talking about specifically, you know, mm-hmm. the the way you think about things, the patterns, the subconscious brain, all these things that kind of, you know, are part of our internal side, uh, which then manifest into our results, which in finances, you know, right now, the hot topic uh, that we're dealing with is just the cost of living and, you know, being so high going up and a lot of people struggling to be able to get ahead, pay bills and let alone save money. Yeah. And, you know, from a, a stat standpoint, um, I think about fi- almost 50% of Americans that are working are not, don't have a thousand dollars saved. Mm. And, you know, my mission with this platform amongst many others is, well, you know, there's a lot of people that are doing some pretty creative things to be able to get ahead, to be able to generate extra income in different ways. And, you know, the hot button is affiliate marketing and social media, but like all at the end of the day, like all, all those things are just helping people solve a problem in some way, connecting the dots. Right. Um, and that's kind of what you're doing, right? you mentioned podcasting, the, you know, the business coaching, all these things, you know, 
indirectly, these are ways that people are able to build their brand or build their business and be able to generate extra income. Yeah. Um, so from that light of things, being able to generate income, you know, what do you think is an example? Uh, is there an example of someone that had this transformation coming through your platform and in whatever genre that was able to go from zero to, to one extra dollar, or 10 extra dollars? What, yeah. what, what's an example? Yeah, it's interesting because we've had, I know this isn't typical, but several of our clients have been very successful in what they did and they came to us and left all that behind so they could start a new brand. Kind of like the old version of me was this, the new version of me, I want to be this. So it's just one of those things where, I don't know, I think we're in a unique time where people fall in love with a brand based on their message more than anything. So we've had several people that they've come to us and said, look, I'm a... I have a podcast and this is what I want to do. Cool. One was a stay-at-home mom and she would talk to stay-at-home moms about the struggles of being a stay-at-home mom, but she was really good with her routines. She was really good with helping her kids learn at the right rate. And she was really good at balancing it all. So she started coaching people. Somebody who doesn't have any credentials, no background in coaching, no ultimate goal in starting a podcast to coach she came to me and said, I want to start making more money. And I said, all right, cool. You should start coaching. And then she had four clients in a couple months, right? So you can go from, so this is what I did. This is genuinely the, the same exact thing I did. When I started coaching, I started coaching for free. I coached people for free for two months. And then at the end I said, hey, I can't do this for free because I have five other clients now. What do you think of 50 bucks a week? And they all said, yes. And it was like, oh, interesting. I just went from $0 to 250 to $300 a week. That's what I always recommend. So I've seen that very often where if you have a podcast or you have content on something or you're passionate about something and you're further ahead, even one or two steps, the odds are there's somebody out there that will pay you for the awareness that you have and the potential, I don't want to say shortcuts, but the experience. People pay for experience. And there's a million places now, you know, Fiverr, Upwork, there's a million different places where you can put yourself out there and is it is it quick and short? No, it's going to take time, but the opportunity is definitely there. I, I love that. I love that. There's just yeah, there's a lot of opportunities out there to be able to increase income in that regard. And I love how you talked about um, someone switching gears, changing their careers. Like like literally today, I was at an event here in St. Louis and met somebody um, who built this in this little niche kind of uh, charcuterie company, and she's just mm. killing it, rocking. And she left corporate world you know, and just the opportunity came up. I just, I'm done doing this. She was doing well in her job. And it's just like, you know what, this is not what I want to do anymore. And like, there's so many more people that are in their, their job going that lane that, that, Hey, I got a job before 1k retire at 65, but like people, more and more people are not fulfilled with that. There's more out there, you know, and uh, everyone obviously has their own visions and goals of happiness or where they want to go. Um, back to you, right. You started this in 2017. So what was going on in your life to make you want to start this at that time? Yeah, very similar to what you just said. I I started in 2017. In 2016, I had the most at the time, I had the most financially successful year I'd ever had. But it it took me living on the road for 10 months out of the year working out of hotels in the industry that I was working in. It's called weatherization. So we would go to I lived in Massachusetts or New Hampshire at the time, very close to each other. We would go to New Jersey for weeks on end because that's where we had the biggest contracts. And we would work in these schools and we'd work in the attics and we'd work on the doors and the windows and I'd make a boatload of money, but I'd be away for weeks at a time. 
right? Months at a time if you connect it. So the year that I made the most money, I was on the road for 10 months. Every single week, my clothes went from the suitcase to the washer, to the dryer, to the suitcase. Sunday, we shipped back out again. So I ended up making all this money and assuming that money would make me more confident. I'd have more successful relationships, assuming that money would make my internal state better. After I opened my final pay stub, I realized that definitely for that year, but for most of my life, I'd lived unconsciously. I said, what's the opposite of unconscious, hyperconscious? And I started a podcast shortly thereafter called the Hyperconscious Podcast. That's really, I found quote unquote success, but I wasn't fulfilled. That's exactly, exactly why I started it. And I wanted to bring up the conversation of like, let's talk about stuff that we think, but we don't want to talk about. Like, what's your real goal? What's your real dream? What are you really afraid of? Why haven't your relationships worked? What is the last thing you think about before you go to bed? What is the first thing you think about when you wake up? I wanted to have deep conversations with deep human beings. And eventually that evolved and evolved, but that was it. It was a place of curiosity that got me started in the beginning. That's awesome. So a place of curiosity, living a life hyper-conscious. Can you explain more about that and what it means and what's the opposite? Yeah, the opposite is unconscious. The opposite is not really thinking about what you're doing at all, just showing up, doing it, and then leaving in whatever that is, just showing up in life. Hyperconscious is you're, you're questioning everything, right? Why do I feel super comfortable talking with you right now? Well, we've talked before. We had a really good conversation behind the scene. Interesting. Okay. There's a value to doing a pre-call. Interesting. Would I feel like this is all in my head. Would I feel as comfortable if we hadn't talked? I don't know. Would you feel? I don't know. So hyperconscious to me is not taking any of your thoughts, feelings, emotions, limiting beliefs, experiences is at face value. There's stuff below that and there's stuff beneath that that can connect to your past, which can connect to your future. So I think it's just thinking at a very, very deep level. And I believe the psychological term, I think it's metacognition is the psychological term for it. Hyperconscious sounded good to me in the beginning. So that's what I ran with. Yeah. I, this is something that I think is really important to talk about, I guess, from more of our perspective, because you're doing your thing. You're, you're 1200 episodes into your podcast, right? You're, 12, you're just 1265. I think 12, as of today. I don't want to sell you short 1265, <laughs> 1265. So like your, your, your guys's platform, you know, you're doing things at a very consistent uh, pace, Yeah, continue to do things and continuing to be able to help uh, and impact people. And I think it's important to talk about that because at the end of the day, um, you know, the, the purpose of your platform, the purpose of my platform is to help somebody, right? Our purpose of what many platforms is to help somebody, but you can't make somebody, you know, yeah. want to have help. And, you know, we talk about people getting into this comfort zone, you know, you're in this comfort zone and things get tough and maybe you're get uncomfortable down here and you work your way back up to get it, get back to equilibrium. And then, well, then what happens, right? If you go, keep going a little higher, well, then you have that success. And then all of a sudden, does that become just as uncomfortable as you were when you were down below here. And maybe you fall back into your normal patterns and fall back into equilibrium. And so I know that that's happened to me, you know, mm-hmm. for certain stretches of my life where I couldn't, I just kept bouncing back up and down. and just couldn't get the traction that I wanted to be able to get to my, my goals. Yeah. And so that pain that I felt along the way in certain, in certain respects, kind of what we were talking about just a second ago uh, before kind of on, on, on board, this podcast is a direct reflection of the pain that I had struggled. That I was feeling of not getting to where I wanted to be with some of my, my visions and goals. And mm-hmm. so my reaction was to do more and it led me to this. And 
there are so many people out there that maybe don't have that same kind of pain that have a good job, a 401k, going to retire or whatever. And, um, but maybe they're missing out on an opportunity. And, and, you know, uh, a great example of this is a gentleman that I had on the podcast. His name is Mark Oshiro. He's in Hawaii and his father, um, retired at like 64 or five and then had a stroke mm-hmm. at like, you know, uh, six months later. And like that hit him hard because, well, I'm working as a firefighter. I got a pension, things are comfortable. And well, what if something happens to me and I can't work long enough to get my pension? Well, then what? Or, well, I don't want to retire at 65. I don't retire sooner than that. Like, well, what, what can I do to take control of that? So that pain pushed him out of his comfort zone. Now he's got 14 units in Pittsburgh, 5,000 miles away. Like that pain pushed him out. And that's something that like, I'm seeing a lot on this podcast, the guests specifically, this kind of uh, pain struggle, um, that this event that somebody's had that's pushed them out of their comfort zone. And, mm. you know, then I look at like somebody like Michael Jordan, right? Like that guy, you know, was fierce, you know, competitive. Like that guy practiced harder than everybody. The wind sprints, he was the first every single, you could not practice harder than him. He trained himself to be in the zone every single time. That like, I don't know how that guy has it. Maybe it's just genetics. Maybe it's mm. other things that go into it. But like, you know, someone that may have this thing happen down the road who, you know, I, I think I want, I want to be able to get a, uh, get ahead. I want to be able to do things to, to prevent some hazard happening. Uh, so it doesn't derail my success, but I don't have that energy or that focus to be able to get out of my own way or get out of the, out of my comfort zone. And that's the part that like, you know, I'm just so uh, eager to talk to people like yourself who mm. are working with people every single day in different walks of life. And you can't make somebody, you know, get to that pain point to push themselves. But then, when you put content out there like that over and over and over, then maybe you're shifting someone's subconscious brain to thinking, well, maybe I should be thinking about this stuff more. Well, maybe I'll talk to Kevin and his team. So what are your thoughts on that part? Yeah, it's it's a great point. It's hard, right? Because, and I don't, I don't like this analogy for any reason other than I think it tells the, it shows the example. But if you think of pre-9-11 and post-9-11 flying, there was no reason to change anything until after necessity comes usually unfortunately from pain and tragedy it just does i don't i don't know why it because it raises our awareness very quickly i think that's what happens right so imagine imagine you get into a car accident and you're not wearing your seatbelt and it goes horribly wrong and you're really injured you now have a necessity more than ever to wear your seatbelt because you've got a second chance that's necessity when you go to the doctors and they say hey you're you know um, your blood pressure is extremely high. You really should start changing the way you eat. That's a great piece of necessity to say, hey, and this is what I think it ultimately does. It gives you a glimpse into the future. I think that's what really good, uh, not reflection, but perspective into the future does. It gives you an idea of what will happen if you don't change. That, I think that's what good content can do, right? It's almost like, you know, when I was a personal trainer and I didn't agree with this because I didn't want to use these sales tax- tactics, but it's almost like, you know, imagine if you're not here in five years because you don't, you don't make a change in your life. That, that level of reality. So I think even to your point, there has to be a level of reality that comes in and strikes us and says, hey, look, this is a real life. We only get one shot at this. And if we don't shift something, we're going to end up 15 years from today wishing we shift some, shifted something today. So that's what I've seen. I, I don't know many people who can proactively make changes. It just, it's not necessarily set up that way in the human condition. So I don't know. I don't know the answer to it, 
But I do think that's part of it is necessity is the, what do they say? Necessity is the precursor to all innovation, right? There's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. And to kind of piggyback on that, back to kind of the inflation, you know, inflation, cost of living, people struggling. I mean, there's so many people that I've talked to that are in their twenties and thirties that don't even think of home ownership as even an option because that's not for me. Yeah. Well, why is it not for you? Because oh, I don't have any money. I don't, my job is kind of iffy. I don't know. Like, which at the end of the day, like that's that they've been doing that in, in that mindset for a period of time, not thinking that when they see somebody else that's out there doing things to be able to generate extra income in other ways, saving money, getting at it, investing in whatever else, uh, it's out there, but yeah. their own limiting beliefs are, are stopping them. And it's like, but at the end of the day, you know, the pain, the struggle, I think that's out there uh, is an opportunity right here, right now. We, I mean, the word recession has been thrown around a lot, I think. Um, I don't really know. I want to get into that. But at the end of the day, there are a lot of people struggling and, you know, there are opportunities for people to be able to, to work towards getting out of it, to be able to work on their craft or skills, to be able to generate more income. Yeah. And, you know, the opportunity that that's out there, I mean, that's kind of what my purpose is with this channel is to keep talking more and more about that, kind of that building that subconscious brain to, for people in their younger uh, parts of the journey to realize that there's opportunities and show those examples uh, of people doing creative things. So with that, with that in mind, um, the podcast part, right? People that are, are coming to your guys's platform for help on the, on, on a podcast, right? Mm. Um, some people maybe do it because they love it. Some people maybe may do it because they want to be able to build their, their, uh, their platform and surface area for, for sales or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you know, from just a business standpoint, the purpose of a podcast, how it integrate it, uh, interweaves with all the other parts of, of building a business. Can you kind of share your thoughts on just, you know, why yeah. podcasts are so important in, uh, in this uh, environment? Yeah, of course. Uh, podcasts are long form content where your listeners can actually directly connect with you to further know you, like you, and trust you. It's a unique platform where you can, much to what we're talking about, you can add specific value to your audience's problems and struggles. You can, you're creating a library of free content that says, look, I know what you're going through. I know what you're struggling with. Here's an episode on how to get through that. Or here's an episode on how to deal with that. Or here's an episode on how to shift your mindset around that. What you're ultimately doing is you're building a platform that is a problem solving platform that consistently adds value that creates a very high likelihood that if somebody is going to work with somebody, it's going to be you because they're listening to you for us seven days a week, right? So what I like to do, I like to frame it this way. Um, most people aren't doing enough on social media because they say, I don't have the time to create the content. I know it'll help my business, but I don't have time to create the content. All right, cool. This is what you do if you're a business owner who has a team. You sit down, you record a 45-minute podcast, and you have your team cut it up into 10 pieces of micro content. You share it on social media. From social media, people say, wow, I'd like to listen to the whole episode. Cool. Let me go check out the, the full episode. And then this is where a lot of people get stuck. I have three questions. Why does somebody listen to the podcast? What problem are they looking to get solved? And this is the most important question. Where do they go next? After the podcast, where are they supposed to go? I don't know. Maybe they'll work with me. Usually that doesn't work. So you have to, this is the long, the long answer short. You have to treat your podcast like a business within a business. So from the podcast, usually a Facebook group works really well, then some sort of freebie, and then a paid option. But it just basically breaks it into, it's not an email, 
it's a value add. You're, you're dropping valuable content every week where you become the industry expert. People know they can trust you and they know what to expect. They know what to expect. When they find value, the right people that should go to the next layer of the business will say, I want more value. Where do I go? And as long as you have that set up, you're going to be in a, a really good place. But transparently, a podcast is a really like, it's a good one to three year plan. It's not going to happen most likely first year, right? That's second year, third year. That's where things can start to compound. But just having the right expectations is super important in the beginning. So somebody coming with the idea, oh, I want to monetize my podcast. That's probably not the, the right <laughs> expectations, right? Not in the short run, because what you often have to do is you have to, you have to take short-term hits. So it's like, yeah, you can run ads if you want, right? Cool. You want to run ads? Sure. Find somebody that you know that's willing to run ads. Cool. The problem is if your podcast content doesn't start like getting into the value until four minutes in the episode, you're going to not have a very high listener base because they're going to know right off the bat, there's no, I'm not going to wait four minutes <laughs> for value, right? That's not, that's not the plan. So it's almost like three, three reasons I've seen people not succeed. One, they have the wrong expectations. Two, they have the wrong approach. Three, their time perspective is off. If your expectation is, I'm going to monetize on the first episode, your approach is going to be, I'm going to sell everything out and do everything I can to monetize in the first episode. And then your time perspective is off because you're not supposed to monetize in the first episode. So you're setting yourself up for failure. So can you monetize quickly? Yes. Is it the best for building a long-term business? Not if you're breaking listener relationships to do it. Yeah. Th thank you for breaking that down. Of course. Because then I guess in theory, right? Like monetizing is, is strictly, you know, talking about advertisers on your podcast or whatever, but then with all the things that you built out with your business that, you know, extended to kind of different niches and, and genres, mm -hmm. it all kind of integrates and weaves together. You're able to generate revenue indirectly from this by ha having other things. Like you mentioned a Facebook group or all the other services that are maybe provided. And so, um, it's not just one thing, you know, you're building, you're building a platform, you're building an entire business. I like to consider it all as indirect. That's yeah. for me. I have people, I have a lot of clients who say, I want to make money directly from the podcast. And it's like, okay, what does that mean to you? And they're like, I don't know. I just want the podcast to drive revenue. It's like, all right, interesting. This is my frame. If you wouldn't make the dollar without the podcast, it's directly from the podcast. That's that's my frame. If somebody signs up for coaching because they heard a podcast episode, you monetize your podcast. That most of us will never get to the size where we can actually make life-changing money with our podcast in terms of just sponsorships and ad revenue. We had 33,000 downloads in uh, December. If we monetize that, I think our host platform offers 14 cents per listen. Like do the math on that. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a life changing amount of money. Then some, depending on if you can get different sponsorships, some people will offer you twenty five to fifty dollars per thousand downloads. So you know we could make some money there, but still, it's still not, not enough to grow the business necessarily. So yeah, you know that makes it hard. It's almost like <laughs> the lowest barrier to the to entry is usually the highest failure rate. If you're worried about doing like what is everybody else doing? Odds are you're not going to be successful long-term because most people aren't going to be with that approach. So yeah. you're not going to do the Joe Rogan. Joe, he's just, you know, the statistical anomaly. It's probably going to be something different for you.
So you started this 2017 mm. and when you first started out, how many, how often were you doing uh, episodes? When I first started out, I was doing them maybe once a week, but I missed in the beginning. In okay. the very beginning, I was missing episodes because I was on the road and I wasn't taking it as seriously as I should have. Yeah. Okay. So then at what point did you start picking up? And when, when did you start realizing how possibly mm. important it could have become? What was that point? When was that? Yeah, I left my job. And when I partnered up with Alan, Alan and I partnered up and said, all right, we're going to turn this into a business. That is when we realized it's it, we have to treat it like a business. It doesn't matter if we don't want to show up. It doesn't matter if we don't feel like it. If we can't find a guest, we will never miss together. As long as as long as we're together, we will never miss. And from the moment we partnered up until now, we've never missed an episode. So that when we really understood, if we want to have the most successful podcast possible, we just have to lean into our unique strengths. And our unique strengths are grinding, not experiencing any results in the beginning, but just showing up consistently and just outlasting everybody else. That That's when we realized that was our unique, kind of our unfair advantage. It's the staying power. That's really yeah. what's going to make us win in the long run anyway. So you leave your job. What what year was that? Uh, 2018, beginning of 2018, I left. Okay, so you leave your job. And we and we just said that podcasts directly don't make money <laughs> right away. Yeah. Um, so that leap of faith, what all what all did you have going on at that time that was able to generate revenue? To be able to Nothing. Yeah, no, I, I was lucky because I had moved into, um, my buddy bought an investment property and he's like, hey, I'm going to rent upstairs. We're going to have to renovate it. We'll renovate downstairs, but you can live with me. I'll charge you like 500 bucks a month. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm in. I, my car was paid off. So I had a $450 car payment that great, gratefully was paid off. I think I had $10,000 liquid and I had access to $37,000 in credit cards. So I spent all my money over the, uh, however long it took. And then I went all in and just said, all right, well, I'm either going to grow and make money and pay off these credit cards or I'm going to die trying. So I basically lived off my credit cards for, you know, a year, a year and a half. Um, it wasn't, it was probably like two years in before we ever made a dollar from the podcast. Okay. So coaching, like what, what part of the platform or where, where were you actually paying the bills from? How are you making money to pay the bills? Yeah. I just had very low bills. I mean, that was it. It was like food, food, credit cards, all of them. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was going on credit cards. It was okay. literally like, see, this is the interesting thing. When I left my job before any of it like was finalized, I think I applied for a couple of new credit cards and just said, well, I'm making a hundred thousand dollars a year. So I got a credit card that was like $15,000 limit. All right, cool. I don't, does it suck that it's high interest? Yeah, of course. But I have to do what I have to do to get through the next however yeah. many years. So I think I went from having like three credit cards to having five. So I just, I had access to new capital and I just said, all right, this is what, this is what I'm going to do. Not a good business strategy. I do not recommend that to anybody, <laughs> but that's all I had at the time. Right. And my bills weren't super high because I, you know, I didn't have health insurance. I, didn't have a family. I wasn't traveling a lot. So I just kind of stayed home and that was it. And then we lived off credit cards. And then at times Alan would front stuff on his credit cards. So it was just, it's, it was a startup. It was like, we're just going to do whatever it takes to stay, to keep the lights on really. So at what point 
did you hit the the level where you said, you know what, like all this work, all this time, all this energy, and un- I'm sure uncertainty, right? Oh yeah, was too much. Was, right? Like, wh- where did you say, or when was the first time you said, hey, like this is all this is all gonna work out? Now, now I see the light. Yeah, transparently, I don't know if I ever did in the beginning. I don't know if there was ever a moment for me where I said, okay, we're gonna make it. I, I would say the the biggest piece of certainty I ever got was. I had a mentor who said, Hey, I would pay you to help me with my podcast. And I was like, I don't know anything. Like, why would you pay me? And I was like 400 episodes in at this point. So I don't think I knew how much I actually knew at that point. And he said, Well, you know so much more than I do. You should start working with busy entrepreneurs and help them with their podcast. And I remember I went, I got connected to somebody and he was the CEO of a financial firm. So I go to his building. And I don't know what the hell I'm in for. Like, I don't know how to talk to this human. I don't know anything. But we have a conversation about his podcast. And he's like, all right, let me think about it. Come back in two weeks. And I was like, all right, I'm burning gas money to get here, right? And I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I go back and meet him again. Another great conversation, but nothing comes of it. I go back a third time and we end up in his office talking about pricing and all that stuff. And he's like, so if I want to do what I want to do, how much is that going to cost me? And I was like, at this point, I have no idea right? I've never done this. I don't really know. I said, 1200 bucks a month. And he's like, I think I said 1500, 1500 bucks a month. And he's like, all right, cool. Let's do it. And I remember shaking his hand, leaving the office and getting in the elevator. And I texted my girlfriend, she's my wife now. And I said, Hey babe, we did it. That for me was like, I just did something I did not think was humanly possible for me. This is a whole new world. That's when I started to understand, okay, there's actually people out there who want the knowledge that I have and would be willing to to pay for it. I didn't know that was a viable business option until then. If you could rewind the clock mm. and and tap yourself on the shoulder and was like, hey dude, now you're ready to go sell that service. Like when do you think that you could have actually sold that service in, in all reality? Looking oh back man, Hun- probably a hundred episodes in. Yeah, the, the interesting, it's interesting, right? Because some people, uh, some people jump into the pool because they want to take a swim. And there's other people who jump into the pool because they have to master swimming because that's the only way they're going to stay alive. I don't think I understood how much pressure I was under to learn, right? Like the reason I know so much about podcasting is not because I wanted to, it's because I had to, to survive in many ways. And then it's like, you know, when you have a 17 person team and you have 26 layers to your business, you kind of have to know how everything works. So I don't think I realized that going back to the original topic, I had so much necessity to learn. I didn't learn this because I wanted to learn podcasting. I learned it because I had to, to survive. Then I realized, oh, there's an opportunity for me to me. Like I can be really good at this. If I do it right, I would have tapped myself on the shoulder and said, Hey, Kev, you know, way more than you think you do. I know your standards are extremely high, but you could help a lot of people now. That would, that's what I would say. Probably a hundred episodes in. Cool. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Like the whole kind of idea of giving it away for free for a couple months, like you mentioned before, yeah. and then someone giving you 50 bucks, like just doing it, but you can't replace the work, the work, right? Like it changes who you are. Literally it changes yeah. how you look at things. Like, yeah. um, I, I know looking at, and I, I started this podcast for, for, for a strive in September doing two a week. Like, so we're still very, we're an infant. Like we're like, we're like just still crawling, you know? Um, the Instagram I started in, in July and I've been posting every single day and like, I've been working on this platform, like literally like nine o'clock at night, like my, my kids get up yeah. with them. You know, we do my day at work, get home. My wife's a counselor. 
So she sees clients till six or seven. So like I get home at, you know, pick up, pick up the kids, do dinner, bath, playtime, nighttime. And, you know, and that time in the summer kind of talking about the pain, like our, our industry was going through a lot of turmoil and trying to think, well, how am I going to be able to, you know, change the game? How, how am I going to be able to adapt and try to be able to do things a little bit differently to be able to survive? Um, and just social media was just one of the things that I knew that I needed to be doing more of. Mm. And so I'm working on this at like eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. Like at that point in time, it's like, you know, stress, anxiety, all these things to do. And like my, I'm exhausted and I know I need to go work. And so that, that's, that stress and anxiety, which is crushing me. Um, but side note, you know, one of the books I talk about on this channel a lot is atomic habits. And in that book, he talks about the two minute rule and like, okay, building a habit, you got, you cannot break the chain. You got to keep going, even if it's for two minutes. And so I applied that and like, okay, well, you know what? I'm stressed. I'm exhausted, whatever. I will log into my computer for two minutes and I will do like one or two things and then turn it off and like, okay, boom, set the timer, we do it. And then next thing I know, like a couple weeks later, like I'm looking forward, like I, I built my brain, my subconscious to like look forward to it now. Cause I, I just took the pressure off, you know? Mm. And so I fast forward the clock today. I've been going just nonstop learning along the way. And I just know, kind of going back to the, the point about the indirect benefits, you know, when I go into a room of people that I haven't seen in a long time, like the conversations are just different. The questions that are being asked are different. The things are, it's just the different dynamic that the, the tips have, have kind of turned in a certain way where I, can, I know that I can add value in a way that I never even thought was even possible. Like mm. I just did a presentation with the, um, I'm part of the Mortgage Bankers Association board here in St. Louis and did a presentation on social media to lenders and, and uh, realtors a couple weeks back. If someone said that like, literally a year ago, like to me, my partner, Mike Swale, who's just showed up here from California, <laughs> We, we, we all would just laugh like, dude, you're crazy. Like, yeah. like, okay, what's the next thing? But like, here I am doing this and never even thought it was possible, but I did the work, et cetera. Um, so, so at the end of the day, the indirect benefits, things you can't even imagine may come out of nowhere um, mm -hmm. by just doing the work. And so kind of the same question to you, like, you know, when you go back to that point in, in 2018, when you went all in on the podcast to now, like, how would you say that? has impacted the people in your life in terms of the networks and your friends and, and family, like in terms of just how those conversations go. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, I've, I don't want to say I've lost a lot of friends in the process, but I've distanced myself from many people because they weren't necessarily, um, I, I believe they weren't necessarily supposed to be here for the long run. And that revealed that to me, right? I'm growing and you're not necessarily, that's okay. That's nothing against you. It just means that maybe we're not supposed to be together for this next chapter. I got to go all in on my dreams. These dreams aren't going to chase themselves, right? So that was that was one piece. I think the biggest thing for me is I've actually become confident, which I never believed was possible. I never believed I'd be having a conversation with somebody like you, right? Like I never believed that was possible for me. Somebody wants to interview me and ask me about my journey. And what, I'm just a kid from a small town who's trying to accomplish something, you know, that it's almost like I'm not well-traveled. I've gone to England and, you know, many, many states, but I'm not a well-traveled human being, but I'm a well-conversationed human being because I've talked to so many people that does something to you. It just, it changes to your point. It changes your subconscious mind. We did an episode on this and I said this, I said, I think there's like four different layers to consciousness and awareness and maybe conversation skills. In the beginning, you can't hang at all. You have to leave the room, right? It's like, I cannot take this information. I cannot handle this at all. The second one is you can hang, but you have no idea what's going on. It's like, I'm here. Everything's kind of going over my head, but I can hang. 
The third layer is you can actually add value and influence a conversation. The fourth layer, and this is the one you were just talking about, you can guide, you can lead the conversation. And I just think that's kind of happened over the, the 1200, 1300, whatever it is that, and then being on a bunch of other shows. So it's allowed me to be more confident and it's allowed me to take a leadership role in my own life, as well as the lives of others, which I'm grateful for. And I think it's also given me a very unique perspective of how proud I am of what we've done. I, there, I wasn't a very proud human before. I didn't have a lot. I didn't feel like I had a lot to be proud about. I'm very proud of what we've built and, and how we show up every day. So it's given me a lot of solace as a human being. That's awesome. And, and, and first off, thank you for sharing that because like you said before, you know, not everybody wants to talk about this kind of stuff every now and then. And this is what of, I'm here for. This is what I'm here for. Right. <laughs> I mean, kind of relating it back to your business and, and some clients. I mean, does anybody come to mind? You don't have to name any names, but anybody come to mind that, you know, maybe had a similar type of uh, scenario where they came in unconfident and did the work with, uh, and, and kind of that yeah. transformational journey and came out the other side with looking with a, as a new person. Yeah. This is a, uh, one of my favorite stories in the world to tell. I got a, a Snapchat message back when I was using Snapchat from one of our listeners. And she said, Hey Kev, I'm at, I'm at school and I have a lot of people around me that are having these awesome conversations, but I'm so afraid to start a conversation. I don't know what to do. Like, how do I, I'm afraid to get rejected with people going to judge me. And this was early in the journey. So I had a lot more time. So I said, her name is Amy. She, she lives close to me. I said, Hey, Amy, we're going to go to the mall and we're going to do something that I've been doing every day that's served me called fear chasing. Are you in? And she's like, yeah, I'm in. So I meet Amy at the mall. And I said, today we're going to approach strangers and we're going to start conversations with strangers. We're going to get you a little exposure therapy. And I'm going to be here and I'm going to let you borrow my belief, even though I'm terrified too. Like we're going to get through this together. So we go into this, this store that has these beanbag chairs. And I just said, Amy, go ask them how much it costs. And she's like, oh, this is going to get weird. And I said, it's their job. Like they're going to be fine. They're going to be happy. They're probably bored. They've been sitting here all day. Like you're going to have a great conversation, but I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. So she goes, great conversation. Go into another store, same thing. Another store, same thing. Two more stores and, you know, same thing. All right. Now that we're at level one exposure, we're going to go to level two. We're going to go to the food court. We're going to talk to them about how the food is made. What's it cooked in? What does it come with? Rice, beans, whatever. All right, cool. We do that a couple of times. Then Amy is having conversations with strangers on the escalator. We get ready to leave that day. And there are these zoo animals on wheels that you can rent at this mall. Interesting business. I don't know. You know, it's, it's a unique idea. And she said, if we were really brave and we really wanted to chase our fears, we would rent those and ride those around the mall. And I'm like, what have I done here? This is terrible. I did not want to do this. I'm scared. I'm as scared as she is. But I said, and here's the interesting thing. This is an identity thing. I am the type of person who puts myself in uncomfortable uh, situations to help somebody else. That's my belief. So I have a video of us riding around on these mechanical zoo animals on my phone that I show at my speeches. After that, she ends up going back to school, even though she believed she was too dumb to do it. She got a 3.9 GPA. So I think she, she did just fine. Ended up getting her dream job and moved from a small town in Rhode Island to Nashville, Tennessee. And she's on our team now. She actually works with us every single day to help us with the mission. And somebody who went from having a fear to start conversations has been on our podcast in front of thousands of people and have email exchanges with some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. That's just an example of what you pouring into yourself and somebody else believing in you for a long enough period of time can do. That, that is the ideal customer 
uh, journey for us. Like you get to the point where you believe in us so much that you want to be part of the team. It can't get any better than that for us. That's, that's badass. That's badass. <laughs> so I, I don't want to skip over this. You, you mentioned before about, um, you know, some other relationships and connections, you know, you know, have been kind of shrunken down. Some people mm -hmm. have moved on. Right. Um, which, you know, makes sense because when you've got pretty strong, you know, uh, wide, big, hairy goals, right? Like some people just don't get it and not going to be aligned and maybe, maybe naysayers. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sure you had naysayers out there on mm -hmm. the way. Yeah, of course. Um, so on the flip side of that, of, of a shrinking kind of network, um, had there been any connections that, that came about that just blew you away? Like never even thought was possible along the way in this journey. Yeah, we had many. I mean, we were mentored by Evan Carmichael for a while. We were coached by David Meltzer for two years, like totally free. He never, we never paid anything. He just coached us because he believed in us. Um, I ended up, yeah, we, we are friends with many of the podcasts. Like one of our YouTube people that we looked up to is he's got a channel called Your World Within. His name's Eddie Panero. He's like, we're buddies with him. I mean, he was at my wedding, right? So like that, that's weird for me. That, that a lot of that has happened. And I think the other interesting thing too is like you find out who close to you is really like ride or die. Like I've met a lot of cool people that have come into my life, but I've also really seen like who are the people that are supposed to be in my life. You know, I my circle is very small by design. My wife is a ride or die. She's been here since there was zero dollars and she had to pay rent. Like she is the ultimate ride or die. My business partner is a ride or die. And then I have one other really good friend who I lived with in the beginning. Like he's an entrepreneur. He gets it. He's a ride or die. So there's been a lot of unique people brought into my life, but I think this journey has really showed me who's supposed to be here really at a deep level. Yeah. No, I love that. So you're sitting in front of a room of a hundred people mm. and they're there because they want to learn about say podcasting or social media or something along those lines that in that same realm, what percentage of people are going to actually do the work over a period of time to actually get the results? Oof. Two, three, four, whatever the time frame. Oh man, it's a tough question. Less than 10%, unfortunately. Yeah, less than 10%. It's it's an identity thing, right? It's like obvious um in the US four months ago, five months ago, gas was at like an all-time high, right? Mm -hmm. And I saw something somewhere on social media or whatever where there was a line for two hours to get gas. And it was like 25 cents cheaper right there. If you think about the logic behind waiting in line for two hours to save $25, you could go make $25 in 15 minutes with a different mindset. And again, I understand I didn't always have the entrepreneurial mindset, but that type of thing, when it comes to anything, there's always going to be people who they're not necessarily cut out for it yet. Right. There, there's a lot of people who have opportunities that just, they're just not there yet. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I've, I've experienced that too. So yeah, I would say 10%, 10%. It's, it's a long game. It's, it's just an ultra long game where, you know, we have more downloads in a day now than we did in our first year, but that never would have happened until we got to the point where we are now. And you have to believe that it's going to be worth it. So I think 10% is a good number. 
I would like for it to be higher. Hopefully I could influence at a higher level and get more people to believe in it. But at the end of the day, you can only, you can only do the work you can do and then everybody else has to do their own personal level too. Yeah. Like, okay. Specifically podcasting, right? I mean, I think it's a, it's, you know, something that, um, is, there's still room for it. There's still room oh, yeah. in the game to do it. Right. And so let's say podcasting, you know, getting somebody to be able to go to more, more of that hundred people to be bought into it and, and actually do the work and, and believe in it. Right. That long game. And then kind of the same concept of what you talked about before, like the identity thing of, well, say 25 bucks in line versus, well, shoot, I'm going to go just go make the money somehow somewhere else. Like, one of the things that comes to my brain is, you know, Tim Grover, the the trainer for Michael Jordan and Kobe, you know, he talks about, you know, most people count down to a deadline and those guys, they don't, they, they count up to a deadline. It's like, I, that's my goal. This is where I'm going for. I don't care how long it gets, it takes to get there, but I don't, I'm counting up to that deadline. I'm not stopping until I get there. And, you know, I think I first read that or listened to it like in maybe in 2019 or so. And that just, yeah. they, for me, that hit me hard. And really shifted the way that I looked at at goals and process and and mindsets. Like you know what, like if it's valuable enough or if the end result's valuable enough, and I just don't stop, my actions compound and just stay consistent, focus on the process, not the results. Yeah. The results will come, and you know that's kind of like this platform we're talking about generating income. And you know our goal that we put out there is somehow, some way, helping a thousand people to generate an extra revenue stream, making a thousand dollars, and you know that mindset of just not stopping. Right. You know, yeah. so kind of taking those two examples together, um, podcasting and, um, you know, just generating income in, in general, how do you, how do you take that 10% number or whatever it is 7% and add a, an extra zero behind it? How do you, how, oh, how do you go from 10 to 20 or double it? For yeah. Example? I think that you, it's hard, right? Because it's like, you have to mitigate uncertainty. You have to mitigate the uncertainty of like, is this actually for you? Is this actually what you should be doing? Honestly, I think the transparent answer is, I don't know if you do. Because I've had, this is the interesting thing. I've had clients who I was like, eh, I don't know if, I don't know if a podcast is what's best for you. And they're like, no, it is. It absolutely is. You know, say three months later, they'll say, hey, we're going to take this internal. We're going to run it ourselves. Then the, pod, the podcast dies. I don't, there's maybe 2% of people who have left us continue podcasting. It's like, it's weird. It's this weird thing of they almost figure out like, eh, we should probably shouldn't have left or we shouldn't have started. So yep. that's the interesting thing. Now, here's the other stat. And this blows people's minds, understandably. I think there's been 3 million podcasts started. Out of those 3 million, I believe the number that have dropped an episode in the last 90 days is 245,000. That's not many. That's not many. I mean, there's 33 million YouTube channels. And there's only 245,000 podcasts. That's not many. And yeah. I've been on many of them. Out of the 245,000, how many people are actually as committed as you? It's a very, there. It, it's an opportunity to win where I don't think a lot of people, 245,000 isn't that many. I mean, you, you've put um, three NFL stadiums together. That's it. Those are all the <laughs> podcasters that are doing episodes. That's not, that's not that many. So I would you, I would take, you know, one out of 245,000, it's better, better odds than the lottery. Far better. Right. Pretty, pretty good opportunity when you think about it that way. It's, it's funny you mentioned that because I literally put a post out there that like, cause if you do the math on that, I think I, I saw a stat very similar to that. Um, like if you just get past, you know, a certain, I think, I think I saw like, um, 
44% of podcasts never did more than three episodes. Mm. Right. So that yep. by default, you know, if you just do four, like you're in the top half and then kind of exactly what you're saying, if you do an episode weekly or regularly or some, in some regard that puts you in that 256, which that's 7%. You're the top, you're the top 10% by right. default. Just now, by like, showing up. Just by showing up for a month, <laughs> six months, a year, like just doing it. And that's why like, I love talking about this because like literally like I showed up to social media on July 12th. Um, it doesn't matter because people are going to fall off. So if, if you believe in yourself to show up every single day, like one of the things that I've said in, um, in front of a group of people before, um, let's say that we had 30 days and whoever wins this challenge in 30 days will get a million dollars. Every single person who wins this challenge will get a million dollars. All you have to do, and this this is spot, this is kind of uh, sparked from the show Lost back in like the mid two thousands. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there was some part of that show where you had to push a button or whatever. And the way that I spun it was like, okay, if you had to push a button every single day between twelve o'clock and twelve ten, and if you did it every single day for thirty days straight, and you win a million dollars, how many people would actually do it? Mm. I mean, we'd all would say probably yes. But like, what if it's like in the middle of your work day and you have kids and like something happens and like some, some, when your kids goes to school or gets a call from school, goes, they're sick. You got to pick them up and this thing happens. I went to the doctor, like whatever, like there's going to be a certain percentage of people that for sure aren't going to hit that button 30 days in a row. It's a million dollars, but you can't hit a button 30 days in a row. I mean, like, honestly, like, what do you think, what percentage of people would actually do it? Be able to follow through for 30 straight days and hit that button. For a million? For a million. I don't know. I'd like to think like 70% of people would. I, I, that's a good guess. Yeah. I, I, I think something that. like that, you know, like it's the other thing. I, humans have, you have to have certain beliefs. You have to believe it's possible humanly. It's possible for you and it'll be worth it. I think that's, see, I used to not, I don't want to say, yeah, I used to not really empathize with people that didn't make it like people that quit. Now I completely understand, of course, if you don't believe it's going to be worth it, I'm just, I think I was just delusional in the beginning, honestly, to the point where I traded everything for this. I told my business partner, Hey, we're either going to make it. He said this, we're either going to make it or we're going to be dead on the side of the mountain. Like we took that very seriously. I think I might've been slightly delusional in the beginning. I completely understand why people didn't believe in me a hundred percent. I have no ill will towards anybody who ever doubted me because what we're trying to do is impossible. Of course you doubted me. You're probably trying to keep me safe. I appreciate it, right? So now I understand that like, I don't think everybody can be successful. Not with their current beliefs. I have a frame where in my mind, it's almost like you have to think of where somebody is and then what they would have to do in order to get the level of success that they want. Everybody is capable of success. I just don't know if everybody is willing to do all the layers of unraveling that would need to happen for them to actually accomplish what they want. And I completely understand why, because it sucks and it's hard. It's so hard that, yep. you know, business is not easy. Self-improvement is not easy. Relationships are not easy. Fitness is not easy. There's challenge and it requires discipline and not everybody wants to be that disciplined. And I understand why there's a pressure that comes with that, that you never get to turn off. I don't, yeah, I understand. It makes sense to me more than it ever has. Well, and that kind of goes back to the 10% versus 20% or 15, 15%. Yeah. It's, it's not going to, it's never going to be a 10 to 80%, right? Yeah. But that fringe, that fringe of people that have are feeling pain right now, and maybe they can't even put their finger on it or can't even vocalize it into words. And 
maybe just one person or one percent of people or two percent hear a podcast like yours and like, oh, that that hit me differently than yeah. anything's ever hit me before. Now and then they hear more, you hear more. Okay, now now you start to believe, and then boom, dominoes start falling. Like that that fringe, I think, is the opportunity. That pain someone is feeling right now, yeah. in some way, that's the opportunity. How do you harness it and challenge and uh, and use it as fuel? to get to your next goal. So I know we're running out of time. Um, any other thoughts? If someone wanted, if someone came to your platform, do you have any tips or advice on like where they should start? That's a great question. We were talking about that recently because there's so many places. Um, I would say probably the most recent podcast episode, because if you go back too far, it's probably not going to be good. It's not going to be as good as it is today. So yeah, I would say whatever the most recent week of podcast episodes, that's going to give you a really good representation of us. And then the Facebook group's really good because you're going to see the people in our community. We just have a super heart-driven, vulnerable, awesome community. So yeah, podcast, latest content, Facebook group's a good place. Okay, last thing. Please. Uh, your, your your last episode was, I think, the February Blues one? Yeah, yeah. How to get through the February Blues, maybe? Yeah. One, one piece of uh, info or advice that someone can look for in that full episode. I looked at the data of all of our podcast clients as well as going through the other coaching data. And February just seems to be a down month for most people. So in that episode, we talked about, look, if you set a New Year's resolution that's already kind of come to an end and you feel really bad about it, it's you're free to set another resolution that is for the next four weeks. doesn't have to be for the rest of the year. In that episode, we're giving people permission to admit that they didn't start the year that they want or it didn't start the year the way that they want, but it doesn't mean the year has to end now. Well, it's just getting started. So yeah, that's a good perspective for that episode cool cool uh last thing again goals Please. for 23 what do you what do you what, what should we be following following back up with you for uh later in the year goodness uh our goal i believe is to do four hundred and seventy-five thousand downloads uh half a million dollars in revenue those are the big two cool those are cool. the big two for us this year cool well, I just can't tell you uh, how much I appreciate you taking time out of your day. It was a lot of fun. Likewise. more about your business and all that. And uh, we'll have to catch up very soon. Yes. And that's Kevin Palmieri. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Strive for 25 podcast. If you're ready to jumpstart your financial journey and take it to the next level, you may want to join our 30-day habit challenge, which you can find on our website, strivefor25.com strive for the number 25.com you can also follow us on youtube and instagram by searching strive for the number 25 and if you have any questions and want to reach out to us you can also connect with us on our website thank you so much